It is Thursday, September 21st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Thursday Night Football kicks off week three of the NFL. And week four of college gets underway. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Giants at the 49ers tonight to kick off week three. Turmoil with the Chicago Bears. And Cam Akers to the Vikings. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? Thursday Night Football will kick off week three of the NFL season tonight with the New York Football Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. Spread is Niners laying 10 and a half with a total of 44. Here to help us break it down in his weekly appearance on Straight Out of Vegas AM is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Good morning, Fez. What did I do wrong now, Scott? <laughs> Nothing wrong at all. Before we get to the Fezzik focus and a Fez tale for this morning, let's preview Thursday Night Football tonight, which kicks off week three of the NFL season. You know, Fez, we're like 10% done already. Of the season. It feels like it's been like <laughs> like 180 hours of week of work. <laughs> Crazy. We have the Giants at the 49ers. No Saquon Barkley for the Giants. San Francisco, 10 and a half point favorites with a total of 44. Now, we did the Thursday night same game parlay pod, which you guys can listen to on RJ Bell's dream preview feed. So go and listen to that and Check out what our same game parlay is for this game tonight. But when you look at this matchup, Giants staying on the West Coast after their come-from-behind win in Arizona, how do you think they come out here against San Francisco? You know, square ball me, San Fran's going to kill them. I mean, San Fran's the best team in the NFL, and I'm not impressed with the Giants. And certainly, wow, I wonder what the spread would, would have been had the Giants not had their miraculous comeback in the second half. But I like what the Giants are doing. They're staying out on the West Coast. So we don't like betting Thursday road teams because the inherent disadvantage, you don't have enough time to prepare. That shouldn't be a problem because they're absolutely dedicated staying um, out on the West Coast. And also, I don't like playing East Coast teams playing night games on Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night. That shouldn't be a problem because the Giants should be acclimated to all that. Um, it really comes down to, I think, I'm the Niners – if they bring their A effort, should be able to win this game by 17 points. And I don't really anticipate them not bringing an A effort during a primetime game. So despite the Giants doing the right thing, staying out there, I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Giants to score points. This feels like a game, and we did a, a same-game parlay. Uh, on, you can hear that on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview feed. We, it cashed last week. We put one together here. Uh, this is a game where you expect the Giants to be chasing, so any props as far as Daniel Jones throwing the ball, we expect to come into play. Yeah, so uh, pass attempts, pass yards. Um, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about this. Daniel Jones, yes, to throw an interception. Oh, that's a good call. You know, uh, I just can't see. Because um, you're always live at the end, too, with the Hail Mary or whatnot, if they're, yeah. Yeah, and, and also, you know, and you see this, you, you know, the – the quarterbacks that have had some success, 
they're willing to throw interceptions at the end of the game, and and every now and then you get except Aaron Rodgers, except Aaron Rodgers, because <laughs> but 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 doesn't that make you angry? Like when you see like it's fourth down and the quarterback throws it in the third row, you know? I mean, Russell Wilson's a good example. Russell Wilson, yeah. I mean, that could have easily been a pick and. Russell Wilson's the guy whose stats people are picking at him anyway. And there are quarterbacks that fake it, like with Hail Marys, that like like on the Russell Wilson Hail Mary, I mean, obviously he could only throw it as far as he could because it went 55 yards and then bounced forward five. But you see this all the time where a quarterback throws a Hail Mary. and he, You know what? I want a quarterback that can hit the end zone with his Hail Mary. <laughs> not one that hits Certainly like the, preferable. the end line of the back of the end zone. You can't tell me that's not intentional. Like, oh. This one's not going to get picked off. Well, I, I had a same-game parlay last week in the Eagles-Vikings game that the only leg that I missed was Kirk Cousins to throw an interception, and on the last play of the game, he chucked up the Hail Mary, and it got knocked down to the ground. I was just praying that one of the Eagles would come <laughs> down with that thing. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about the 49ers and how you've adjusted on them because this was a team that you – were bearish on coming into the season, a lot of win total unders, didn't like the 49ers. What kind of adjustment have you made on San Francisco so far? Yeah, I'm going to try to get middle. I'm going to go play Niners over 12.5, which will be a nice compliment to my under 11.5 bets I made early in the year so that when they win 12, the house can win every bet against me. What a good customer I will be. (laughs) I have upgraded the Niners. I had them four points better than an average team. I now have them six and a half points better. And it's all about, you know, Purdy looking to be a very capable quarterback and certainly not one that has a residual problem with his injury or not being or being unable to play. So right now, Niners best team in the NFL, Dallas number two. Guess what? Both those teams reside, I believe, in the same conference. So still like the NFC catching plus 110 in the Super Bowl against the AFC. And once again, for our same game parlay on this game tonight between the 49ers and the Giants, uh, head over to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed where you'll find out how the sausage is made. We concocted a good plus 700 same game parlay. Only three legs. Same game parlay for tonight's Thursday Night Football game, courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's talk about hedging when it comes to parlays. Now, Yes, this question comes from personal experience because uh, I had a parlay, which I needed the Saints on Monday night to finish out, and I asked you how to hedge, and I immediately got a lesson as well as a uh, stern talking to. But I want you to put yourself as in the shoes of the everyman. I know it's hard for you, Mm -hmm. but the shoes of the everyman, the guy who agrees completely. (laughs) You're right. The guy who's just having some fun. And he just wants to, you know, put a little couple of bucks on a parlay. It's, it's fun. It's recreational betting, Fez. He's not doing it professionally. It's just recreational betting. And so he wants to lock in a profit on his parlay. He's hit three of four legs or he's hit four of five legs, whatever it is. And he wants to lock in a profit. What is an example of a good hedge versus a bad hedge? So... A good hedge would be some bet that you could make that mitigates your risk, but you're not really giving up very much. All right. So example, let's say, for instance, you bet um, just hypothetically on the Monday night game and you played the Saints. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've got the Saints on the money line, hypothetically. And you're like, hmm. Uh, looking at me every time he says hypothetically. I I need this game like blood because, you know, I overbet this and it's going to be a nice little payout here. Um, so I should probably play something back in Carolina. Well, the problem with hedging 
is that I'm giving away something. Remember, I like the Saints. Mm -hmm. And now I'm betting the oppo side, so I'm going against my handicap unless the line's moved. And I'm paying VIG. Well, how do I avoid paying VIG? Then you say, oh, well, this game's lined right around three, but it's going up. Tick, tick. So let's not play back plus three late hour 10. Let's look for a bargain on those Carolina Panthers and wait for a three and a half to pop up, preferably at minus 110, which it never did. But maybe plus three and a half late hour 15, maybe a plus three, plus 105. Watch the screen like a hawk, which is impossible if you're working full time and the like. But you see where I'm going. If the prevalent line on that game is three mm-hmm. and you can get plus three, plus 100, well, then it doesn't cost you nothing. Because, you know, you sh- in the long run, if you make that bet, you're going to break even. So you're mitigating your risk. You're feeling better. You're going to get something back regardless. And you're not giving up anything in expectation. But when is the right time to hedge versus the wrong time to hedge? Forget about what's a good hedge and what's a bad hedge. Is it always the right time to hedge when the line has moved against you and you want to lock in some profit? Or should you never hedge because you don't want to give away the value of your initial bet? You the right time to hedge is when you have a positive expectation bet the other way. All right. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. So we talk about teasers, for instance. Let's so let's say you you like a game's pick them. All right. And you there was a plus one somewhere or a plus one half. And you tease that side up to plus seven half. You put a whole bunch of teasers. You really like that bet. The lines pick them. And then for some reason, so you've teased team A. And then for some reason, the line stays picked. But in some book, they make the spread one and they make the other team favored. All right. Now team B's catching plus one. Well, you know what? You need this game really bad. You need Team A to cover the teaser. No reason not to take that Team B, do a long teaser. Six and a half points, tease wing Team B from plus one up to plus seven and a half on a game that's pick them. Mitigate your risk. Um, so it's a nice hedge that's actually a, probably a pretty good bet. What about looking for a middle? Do you always look for a middle when you're trying to hedge out your bets? Because there's an opportunity that you can win both, and then you maximize your profits. Or does the middle not really matter much? Uh, I go for middles a lot, actually. And it's not necessarily that I go for a middle, but like as an example, uh, CFL. All right, this week. So I played a CFL game. Uh, I think it was Edmonton. Gave it out to my clients. Don't know what continent Edmonton is in. <laughs> believe it's Antarctica, but I'm not sure. It's cold there. Um, and I and I bet plus seven and a half and plus seven. But I bet it. My guys say it should be like five. One of my guys said it should be less than five. I gave it out to my clients. And my experience has been, it's like a rolling snowball. Everyone gets word. Edmonton's the right side. Edmonton's mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. their new quarterback. They're much better. And it just moves so much that it is rarely wrong. I say APB. When there's a big line move like that, that it's predictable, that I know is coming, always play back something. You don't have to get flat, but when that line hits, if it drops from seven and it goes down to six, and sitting there at six everywhere, and then one book right before kickoff goes to five, well, wait a minute. I got this big position plus seven and a half. I'm going to feel like a dope if I just go naked with it completely. doesn't mean I have to get flat, mind you. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. If I've got like, um, if I've got a tomahawk chop on plus seven and a half, I can certainly put a pizza back minus five, play back like 25% of my bet. There's no science to it. Could I play back 50%? Sure. Could I not bet back anything? Sure. But um, psychologically also for me, the math says it's wrong to play back, but that assumes everyone's dealing the same number. But volatility brings with it variability in the lines that you're given. So when a line is moving or all the way around, pinballing back and forth, oftentimes you can get good value playing on your hedges 
And in that case, I, I would make the case, like when we play blackjack, we're card counting. If the true count's like plus 2.8, you're indifferent between taking insurance or not taking insurance of a blackjack. Mm. But if I'm indifferent, I may as well just do it, right? Because I'm like, I'm happy. I bet $150. I get dealt the blackjack, the dealer has an ace up. It's like, just give me my $150. I'll <laughs> take my even money. And they're like, but that wasn't, taking the insurance wasn't a plus EV bet. And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't a minus EV bet either. And I locked in a profit so my bankroll grows in a manner with, where I don't even have to gamble, and I like that. Yeah, well, that's ideal. Uh, this next uh, question comes from Twitter. We have one of our listeners, Dale Fernandez, who asks, hey, he's coming to Vegas this weekend. He wants to know where's the best place to play blackjack and what casinos give the best teasers. So I assume he means the price on the teasers. Yeah, so best well, teasers. Start, start, yeah, start with the teasers. Yeah, Dad. teasers, easy. Caesars, uh, William Hill, six point minus 120 teasers, and good ties rules. If you have a win and a tie or a lose and a tie, you get your money refunded. So mm-hmm. that's in Nevada. That's not true. It's not as favorable, believe it or not, away from Nevada at the same companies. So that's where I would play the teasers. As far as best blackjack, I'd hate to give away the absolute best games um, in Vegas, but I would, you know, accolades to the station casinos. They're not sweaty. They pay three to two on blackjack, mm-hmm. so they have the good rules. They deal. Scott, you play at, at yep. Green Valley. Double and, deck. And they double deck. They deal like a deck and a half of the two decks. And as long as you're not like a pig and you're trying to, like, really exploit things, um, comps are pretty good. They feed you, right, when you when you win or when you lose. Yep. But you, when you lose, you don't get fed because you storm out of the place and you, like, like break the window <laughs> of the door on the way out. Um, but but I would say that all things being equal, they're better with comps in the strip. So I'd go to the stations, Red Rock, Green Valley Ranch. Um, Sunset. Dur- Durango is open now, right? No, is it open? Yet. I don't think it's not open. Yet. Oh, it's no, not no, open no, yet. No, 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 yet? I haven't been there yet. Sunset Station is excellent. And, and I think, you know, another thing is. South Point have good blackjack rules? South South they have double deck three to two. South okay. Point, South Point is very comparable. The only and they're good with comps. The only problem is their penetration is not nearly as good. So for for a double deck game, they might deal only one deck, whereas it's not unusual like at, at Red Rock that they'll deal a deck and a half. And most places downtown, like if you like, I don't think Circa does, but like no. the, the shitty hotels, you well, can downtown Grand has the uh, older. Uh, I shouldn't yep. say shitty. The older. The historic hotels yes, El Cor- downtown. El-, El Cortez has ha- a very good have good blackjack game. rules. El-, El Cortez has a very good blackjack. And game. El Cortez has a single deck game. If you've, if, if yeah. it's, a, I think it's normally fifty dollars. So if you, if you, if you hearken back to the days, they deal it out of a shoe, but it's a single deck. It's cool. Um, like the Golden Gate has a fifty dollar double deck. That's that you know that's you, you can play in their high limit area. Circa has a good um, d- same game, but it's a two hundred dollar minimum. So it's 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 pricey, I believe. Yeah, you know, I I don't play much blackjack anymore, so I haven't been into the Golden Nugget football I'd season. Su- I'd be surprised mm. if Golden Nugget wasn't you know wasn't wasn't decent. But Derek Stevens and his joints, you know, for like it's like I said, I can speak to the Golden Gate and the Circa because I played there. And yeah, El but Cortez. at Circa and the D though, you might get distracted because if you go there on a weekend night, you'll have some scenery to look at while you play blackjack. Right. So at the Golden Gate, even though it's like a complete hole in the wall, they have fashion models that's, that, that that take their clothes off. While in the party pits, coincidentally, those are not the good rules places (laughs) where it's six to five on blackjack, but it doesn't seem to deter people from their um, their desire to go ahead and try their luck at those blackjack tables. They don't actually take their clothes off. I just said that to see if you're still paying attention. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Well, let's talk about uh, what you've been up to. I heard you were gallivanting around the strip recently. Yeah, so the F1 race, it's terrible. You know, I, I was harking. <laughs> you got to like, get over this. I, they, there's no, like, it's just. it's, it's We're going to have all new roads. There's No, they're going to have all new fencing. That rent-a-fence company is going to make a fortune. And by the way, I do have a Fezzetail story. So um, back when I was single, okay, very nice girl, um, I went out with a gal. How named, much? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> so I went out with a gal named Terry, all right? Terry Spear Mooneyham. It's going to kill me for giving out her name. But her father owned part of or all of the rent defense company. So every time we'd walk by, she's like, yep, that's us. Nice. Right, right, right there. So Bet um, you wish you would have kept her about now. Nice. Ni- <laughs> <laughs> all the construction here in Vegas. Yeah. We use those fences. You know, it's funny. It's because like at Transamerica, we went to like a Christmas party. This is before I met my wife. Um, and um, my like the, the president of Transamerica, Kent Callahan, great guy from Atlanta, comes up to me and he's like, that's the best-looking girl I have ever seen. What the hell is she doing with you, Steve? And it didn't last. Shocker. Man. So there you go. But the um, so the, the so whenever I see the rent defense, I think about her. Um, the as far as the strip, though, boy, I don't you know I don't know with all this construction going. If I if I had to play because you want to be where the action is right downtown, you know the old school Mirage. I I love the location. You can walk pretty much anywhere. And the parking, Steve Wynn knew what he was doing with parking garages. So Treasure Island or the Mirage, right on Spring Mountain there, center strip. You can walk to Caesars. That is a, um, 
That is a really good choice, I think, um, because I love the win and I love Caesars, but you've got that access. And the other side of the road, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of Harrah's or, um, you know, all the casinos on that side um, where it's much more um, – it's become a little more run down. I'd much rather stay the snob that I am on the other side of the strip where Caesars and Mirage are. What about uh, MGM? MGM is fine. You know, I miss – you know what I miss about the MGM? Because like, the MGM and the win are both in the encore. They're on that side. The MGM South. The MGM is down by the stadium. Oh, I thought you meant across the street. Like, um, I thought you meant like uh, on like you were staying. When you say staying on that side of the, the strip, I thought you meant. No, I meant. I, I no, he means the side that that Caesars is on with uh, Cosmo. Gotcha, and, and gotcha. Okay. And, yeah. a, 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 exactly. But you know, one, one, a story about the MGM. You guys don't know this. When the MGM gym opened, they had like a little kids, you know, amusement park yep. in the back. And when you walked in, it was brilliant because MGM, it was like a little wizard of Oz. You like walked a yellow brick road and there was cornfields and like, and that's just why it was really cool. And of course that lasted about six months and there was no slot machines or anything. And they ripped all that out of there and they put in slot machines and maximized per, per square foot. But so I loved the MGM initially, but the MGM has a, has a flaw that, that, um, the, the, um, God, the, uh, the place next to, um, uh, Paris has, um, there's no parking. You got to park so far horseshoe. away. Horseshoe. The um, yeah. The, the old valleys. It's now yeah. horseshoe. Um, you mean, you, no, on the other side. The other. What, what's it? What's Planet it? Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Well, yeah. Planet you have Ho- to park in the, the mall park. You have to lot, park. Whatever, yeah. You have to park, mm-hmm. park literally like half a mile away mm-hmm. and walk through the park the, 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 through an enormous um, shopping mall in order to get into the casino. But you, the, the MGM doesn't have that. They've got the parking garage. No, but they, 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 it is the longest walk from a parking garage. That. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's I, I, it's faster to park at Oyo. We used to be Hooters and walk to Tropicana and walk the pedestrian bridge over. <laughs> That's that crazy. is faster. I guess you, you know what? Parking lot. You're right. If you're if you're going to MGM to go to the sports book, yeah, you, because it's it on is the, it is a long walk. Yes, it is extreme. But to get into just the gaming area, it's not that bad. It's it's true. I'm always going to the sports. When book. will Mirage start the construction on the uh, Guitar Hotel? I believe that they've reported that they're going to they're going to fence off the volcano, mm-hmm. co- co- uh, coincident with the timing for the F one race. So end of November. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of uh, construction in December, the Fountain Blue will open up. Are you excited about that, or you, you I, won't make your way that far down the strip? I am. I am actually. <laughs> I am very excited because they've got like I, I don't know who's going to be running the sports book. I knew, you know, a Virgin sports book, not Virgin of hotels, but like a, a brand new one. Excites me because back I'm old. Because you're not ban- you're not banned yet. Well, I used to have like tw- there used to be tw- <laughs> there used to be 26 independent sports books in Nevada, and now there's like nine. Okay, so literally, I would go and walk up and down. I'd st- Barbie Coast had their own book. You go into Imperial Palace, they had their own book. Flamingo own book. Treasure uh, Island still has Mirage. their own, right? Treasure, Treasure Island. Tony Island Neville own, still yes. runs it. Resorts Rugby player has their own. Right? Resorts World has their own, but it's like they it's don't terrible. Want, they don't want you to. They don't play. want you to play. Yes. Um, like little hole in the wall places. I used to go to um, Poker Palace and um, Silver Sevens. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I won twice when I cashed my ticket and got out of there alive. Um, and uh, Jerry's Nugget, you know, they had their own independence. Mark Dufty ran ran the book down there, so I'd go. I, I would go. I, I know when all the books closed, so I would literally like drive the, through the entire valley, putting in bets off the board and parlay cards. And I said, oh. 
Rampart closes at 1 a.m. in Summerlin. <laughs> I got to get there. And no, no, Fiesta would stay open till like 2 in, in the morning, believe it or not. All these books would stay open until 2 in the morning. And now the suits took over. And it's not unusual. You guys see this. If, if you're not at the South Point, like, it, it, you, you walk in at 930 yeah. on a Saturday night, closed. It's, it's, like, it's very rare. I mean, South Point's open 24 hours, which is extremely, extremely yeah, rare. rare. Most uh, of them have kiosks now. That's yes. why. Yes, and the kiosks are open, and but you can't go to the counter. You can't do anything. The counter's closed. You know, the um, the stations has those little uh, wildfires, the wildfire uh, yes. casinos. And those kiosks, there's kiosks in there, yeah. They closed the the one by my house. Mm-hmm. I used to have one where I used to tell you guys it was right across the street from me. Real easy to put in my place. Guess what? Closed the sports book. So now there's no sports book there. I have to drive to the one down by Sunset Station is the closest one. Well, to no, me there's now. one by us, and I, Fez, I don't know if you've ever been in that one. I, I've never been in it. I, I wonder if they there's have one right here by our office. Yes, I know that. Yeah, and it's by Barley's. Yeah, like, and it's got a uh, Barley's. Barley's. Uh, Barley's. Yeah, it's but got it's there, got a, a sports book. There is a wildfire by us in the little shopping center, um, and I just wonder like, by the Vons. And I, I don't, I've never been in there. I wonder if they have a little. They have you, any you know the little there. the wild wild west on Tropicana. You guys buy buy the In and Out Burger. Mm-hmm. So that was a stations casino. So they used to be my easiest spot to get in and out. You know, easy parking, and I'd go in and make bets. And I once hit a ten team parlay, and it was like so much. I was like, I'll just just give me checks. Just give me. So they gave me like I, I, a rack of purple chips, five hundreds. And some time went by. I put it in my safe deposit box, and finally, like I went over there, and unbeknownst to me, the place had been robbed. Okay, since then, so I go and I'm like getting like seven thousand in chips, and like I present them, and I got security swarming all over me, <laughs> thinking like 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 you know, this guy was in the on the robbery, mo- yeah. I'm part of the motorcycle guy that that ripped them off, and then they're like, no, no one good he, look at you, and they were like, they're like nope. no, he hit, he, <laughs> he hit that he hit that that twenty five dimer like like three months ago, and we've been waiting for him. Yes, yeah, uh, there you go. One quick Vegas fact on the fa- uh, Fountain Blue, mm-hmm. going to be the tallest skyscraper in Vegas. Yes, stratosphere is taller. Stratosphere is not. It's like an observation tower. It's like mm-hmm. a, a building where you can be on every floor. Like so, most most of the strat is an uninhabitable. It's just a tower. Oh, I see. I see. So, so the, we, uh, as far as buildings like where you could is go, that the difference by definition? A skyscraper yeah. has to be inhabitable. And yeah. In every yeah. Spot. So so like uh, if you look at if you find a list of the tallest buildings in Vegas, like it it the strat will always be mentioned, mm-hmm. but it's it's always got an asterisk because. You know, it's it's and, an observation. And, the, and yeah. the Fon Flu, for those who haven't been there, so so it will be south of the. It's by Resorts World. Yeah, it's, it's right, across, right across the street. Yeah. So, so 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 for the old school people, where the Riviera used to be, is where Fon Flu is mm-hmm. now. So and that thing by the been, old Stardust across the street from the old Stardust. Yeah, they ran into talk, money troubles. Yeah, why we talk about that here in Vegas is because. The Fountain Blue has been expected to open for 15 years. Like, it's is not, it Fountain Blue or Font Blue? It's I don't even Fa- know. Fontainebleau. 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 What he said. Yeah, Fontainebleau. Fontainebleau. Yeah. Uh, like in Miami. Uh, it's been expected to open for 15 years. Literally, they they started building this thing like 20 years ago. It went bankrupt. It sold. Another company came 2008, in. 2008, right? Yep. Another company came in. They paused construction. They then sold it. Then another company said, hey, we're going to come in and we're going to finish it. They they renamed it The Drew. And The Drew was coming to Vegas. They drew a big picture of it. And then they ran into financial problems and then they shut down And it's 74% and, done. And then and the tower's been sitting there for 10 years or however long. And then the Fountain Blue comes back in, rebuys it back, which is 
they bought it back for less than for less than they bought it for initially, and they more than you know they sold it. So they they've got done well. It. They've done great, and they said we're gonna finally finish this thing. They better have minus one twenty sixteen or six point teasers. I, yeah, I think <laughs> honestly, I think I saw it, it was like thirteen or fifteen years since the original scheduled open date. You, you know is I, when it's gonna actually open. I got to give Boyd Properties credit. So what they ripped the, the the old Stardust down. They made it. A horrific mistake tearing down the Stardust. This is like 2008-ish, 2006-ish, and they were going to replace it with Echelon Place. Echelon Place was the big, going to be the new billion-dollar mega resort, and they started building it. And they built like two or three stories, and then the Great Recession hit of 2007, uh, the financial crisis. And halfway through the third story, they pulled the plug on it. And they said, no dice. And they went ahead and they scaled it back. And what a brilliant decision. So while City Center almost went bankrupt, um, Font Blue did go bankrupt, essentially. Um, the, the Boyd properties, instead of plowing ahead, which would, you know, the, the, the market just wouldn't have been able to withstand it at that time. They, um, they just scrapped the whole entire project. And it, it takes guts to, like, spend, you know, rip out a property, start building a new one, and then say, nope. The world has changed. It's all fixed costs. It's money. Um, don't throw bad money, good money after bad, and we're just donezo with this. And by the way, it's smart of them. They're opening uh, in December and, coincidentally, a month before or two, a month, two, two months before the Super Bowl. So they're getting ready to host this. Probably should know. have gotten their butts together and yeah. opened it before this F1 race. Where well, this, yeah. It's supposed to bring $1.3 billion six. in economic gains to the town. And it's, who cares if we have to take bicycles to the strip for three months till then? 16 years. 16 years it's been since the Fountain Blue was originally announced. So that is uh, what's going on here in Vegas. Let's get to, uh, well, actually, I want the to pepper mill's still there. I think we put most delicious. I think we put. I want to do the Thursday football night football before. Yes, yeah. Yes. So. So um, I think we just wrap it up with Fez. Here. Yeah. So three, two, and one. Well, that's the latest going. Go three, two, one. Well, that's the latest happenings around town here in Vegas in this latest edition of Fez Tales on the Fezic Focus. Thanks, Fez. I'm off to the pepper mill to get like an enormous dessert that will dessert that will make me fat. Thanks, guys. Breakfast all night. Elsewhere around the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings acquire Cam Akers in a trade with the Rams. I told you this was going to go down, AJ. You told me he was going to the Vikings? No, I told you he was just going to get traded. Well, of course he was going to get <laughs> traded. They, they said as much. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, not really a surprise. Maybe a surprise landing spot for a team that we've talked about not valuing running backs at all. Yeah. To go out and get another running back seems odd to me. But maybe this is more about Alex Madison, who's just not been – not been much of a factor so far. Well, for through the first two weeks, the Vikings have a league low 69 rushing yards this season. And uh, their offense, though, has produced the second most yards in the NFL. Yeah, they're just shocking it. They also signed free agent guard Dalton Reisner. So they're trying to get him into the starting lineup in the next couple of weeks. So building up the line, building up the running game, maybe they're realizing, hey, we got to get some wins. We got to do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. And if that's if that's the case, I mean, it, it, you want to have. I don't know if he's going to play this week against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like Fezzik seems to think that there's a real possibility of it. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think he could as well. He doesn't have to do much. Well, we'll see. Well, a, a team that throws that much, you want somebody who you trust in pass mm-hmm. protection. Uh, obviously, you don't want Kirk Cousins getting banged up because, like you said, they, they're putting up a lot of offense without running the ball much. They need him out there. But uh, this is a. Uh, I mean, it's a good landing spot for him. He should he should have no shortage of carries 
It's just a matter of are, are the Vikings – I mean, the Vikings seem like they have to – you know, make an effort to mm-hmm. involve the run game a little bit more. The compensation is a draft pick swap, yeah. which it doesn't say when or, well, it says 2026. It doesn't say what round, just says they're going to swap draft picks mm-hmm. at some point. So very vague on that. Yeah, like a player to be named later. Yeah. Elsewhere uh, in running back news, pretty much expected, but Kareem Hunt yeah. signs with the Cleveland Browns. This is like, what a, like the sky is blue or, or, you know, it's like, come on, like we knew this was going to happen. Okay. Here's the question. How long before Kareem Hunt overtakes Jerome Ford as the lead back? Uh, or does he? I think he does. I think we're going to see a split to start, but then eventually it'll be Kareem Hunt as the bell cow. I think this week we see a lot of Jerome Ford. Yes. Um, it, Jerome Ford was a, a solid back at Cincinnati. He is. I, I th- he showed I, the burst on that long yeah, run. Yeah, he's, he's got some juice to him. It wouldn't shock me if he's good. Um, so I, I'm going to say that he holds on to it for a while. I do think eventually it becomes more of a, a split. Um, I don't know that anybody in this. I, they, I certainly don't think Kareem Hunt's going to be the bell cow of the. Mm. It, like neither one of them are going to get a Nick Nick Chubb share of the carries. They'll split them. Yeah, I, I think it, at the high end, Kareem Hunt becomes a, a split, like a one a, a mm-hmm. back. The Bears are dealing with a, a bunch of turmoil. Allen Williams, their defensive coordinator, has resigned. There's a lot of rumors online, a lot of speculation about some nefarious stuff that went down. I'm not going to get into the rumors. All I'll say is that the team announced and he announced that he is stepping away due to health issues and also to take care of his family. He said, quote, I am taking a step back to take care of my health and my family. I appreciate the opportunity to work with the Chicago Bears, a storied NFL franchise with a rich history, end quote. Uh, he's been away from the team since last week. The team said he was away from the uh, – the Bears said he's away from the team because of personal issues. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the head coach, called the defense last week, and he's going to continue to call the defense. But I don't know what's going on with this team. Justin Fields – had to then has to back up his comments because he said his he, he it was coaching was the reason for his poor play. Now he's saying that no, it's not the coaching. There's just a lot of drama going on in the in the Bears clubhouse. Yeah, and and the Bears playing bad football on top of it. So uh, things piling up in Chicago. I still look back and say how how could anyone have thought over seven and a half wins was the move for the Bears? It just it never made sense that this could be a, like a close to 500 football team. Yeah, the thing that you like to maybe hear from Justin Fields is that he thinks he just has to get back to playing like his style of football. But how which, often does that, re- like what he's really saying is just let me run around and make things happen. But that's what it did. That's what he did last year. That's, and how many but games did they, they only win? won three games, yeah. This is, that type of mentality works in college. When you've got a special player, I, I still... Well, this is why I don't think Justin Fields will be successful in the NFL. Because yeah. he wants to go off his instincts and not so much thinking with the info in his head. But as an NFL quarterback, it's all about thinking. Processing. And it's all and- about the info in your head because the you truth need to is recognize coverages and blitzes and schemes. You're not always the best athlete on the field. No. Uh, when you're a quarterback. And that's, that's something that he's probably not know used who, to. Do you know who learned this the hard way? And again, I'm not comparing fields to these players, but guys that learn this the hard way, Vince Young, Johnny Manziel learned this the hard way. Johnny Manziel used to run around the Texas A&M. Probably a better sh- example. Even. And chuck it up to, to, to Mike Evans. And you know what? It worked. When you were the best athlete on the field and Mike Evans was the best athlete on yeah. the field. But in the NFL, you can't do that. And Justin Fields is learning the hard way with that you can't just react. 
you have to be prepared. And it's the reason why the, the Cardinals wanted Kyler Murray to start, you know, uh, studying more because maybe he was just reacting too yeah. much instead of going in there, knowing what he's seeing, recognizing the defenses and things like that. I'm somehow more anti-Bears now than I was at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah. Sign. They're getting blown out by the Chiefs. Yeah, this is just a it's – an, it's an ugly situation right now. Another ugly situation in the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders with Chandler Jones, which is – they've now put him on the non-football illness list, and this has been a weird situation from the start. Uh, Chandler's been away from the team for a while. He's been tweeting about – Mark Davis, about Josh McDaniels, about mm-hmm. the Raiders and how he doesn't want to be there anymore. But he um, said his account was hacked, so it wasn't him. Oh, okay. And then he uh, he also said that the Raiders sent a crisis response team to his house. It's It's been very strange. Either way, he's now on the non-football injury list, which means he's out for at least the next four games. Mm-hmm. And if he's not activated then – he would be there for the rest of the season. So the Chandler Jones has a month to figure things out. The Raiders have a month to figure things out with Chandler Jones and, and see what they, what they can get out of this guy. Certainly would be a boost to their defense. Uh, you think about Max Crosby and how effective he is. Yeah. When Chandler Jones is on the other side of him. Uh, a guy that could help out a team that needs some help on the defensive side. It's, it's, it's a weird story. Uh, again, we don't want to speculate what's going on, but it is bizarre. The Raiders, though, all the players are saying the right things. They're saying that they're all uh, back. Chandler Jones, they love him, but they're also saying that it, this is not a distraction in the building, and, and this has no impact on the way that they prepare for games and the way that they play. There is one game in college football tonight, Georgia State, Coastal Carolina. Uh, there's six and a half. There's a couple sevens straggling out there, Georgia State, the dog at Coastal. And I, I'll say this, Darren Granger, Grayson McCall, the tempo that Georgia State plays at, I think we see a lot of points in this football game. Uh, Georgia State's off to a really nice start. Uh, they are a running football team, but they go fast. And this is the kind of team that it, it, they rely on their offense because their defense is very, very poor. Uh, I, I think that this game shoots over this total. So total sitting at 62 and a half right now. You can see it get down to 62. Last year, 65 points in this game. Mm. Year before. 82 points in this game. These teams historically play fast and play uh, play a lot of offense against each other. So I like uh, the over here in this Georgia State Coastal Carolina game. Four and a half, AJ. Four and a half games. That's how far the Padres are out of <laughs> a wild card spot. They won their seventh straight game yesterday as they defeated the Colorado Rockies 3-2 and come from behind fashion. And thanks to losses by the Cubs, Marlins, Reds, and Giants. They are now four and a half games back. The Diamondbacks continue to win. They won their fifth straight game. So the Diamondbacks are, uh, you know, trying to lock up that second wild card behind the Phillies. Diamondbacks are a game and a half up on Chicago. But the Marlins, a half game back of Chicago. Reds are one game back. Giants, three games back. And the Padres, four and a half games back of the wild card. They're resting up tonight. They got. They are about to make their big run. It's, uh, and it's boy, getting I'm gonna interesting. Get, I'm going to turn this five dollar bet with McKenzie into five hundred. <laughs> I can't wait. It's getting interesting. Uh, let's look at where the teams that are above them and who they are playing with the schedule starting here on Thursday. And and let's go with the Cubbies, who will continue their series with the Pirates. Kyle Hendricks on the mound for Chicago tonight. Johan Oviedo going for the Pirates. Chicago is minus one seventy. 
Pirates playing the spoiler role, beating the Cubs last night. The Giants are at the Dodgers, and the Dodgers still have something to play for. They're trying yeah. to chase down the, the 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 Braves for the top spot. Emmett Sheehan going for the Dodgers. Uh, they're minus 190 over the Giants. Kyle Harrison getting the start for San Francisco. So lost by the Cubs, lost by the Giants. It's going to help the Padres. Uh, elsewhere, we have a day game today, a couple of day games. Angels are at the Rays. Griffin Canning going for L.A. Zach Eflin. For Tampa, Tampa's Zach Eflin's been Zach Eflin's been awesome this season. Like you talk about it, how a change of scenery can turn an average pitcher mm-hmm. into a great pitcher. Zach Eflin's been really good in Tampa, coming off a great start in Baltimore. And the Rays need a bounce back after losing to the Angels eight three last night. They're two and a half back of the Orioles for first place in the AL East. The Brewers are at the Cardinals. Wade Miley going for the Brewers. Miles Michaelis for the Cardinals. St. Louis minus 115. This will be my DraftKings dog of the day here. The Brewers yesterday did a bullpen game. You know, when you if you're saying, okay, we're going to have rest spots here and there, uh, they did that yesterday. I expect them to come out wanting, wanting to win big here. Uh, I, I, I like the Brewers in this spot as a dog. I, I think they've got a pitching edge here with Miley over Michaelis. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, clearly they're just the better team. St. Louis, nothing left to play for. This is the this is the first place team against a, a terrible Cardinals mm-hmm. team. I, I don't understand why Milwaukee's dogged here. The Braves are at the Nationals. Max Fried going for the Braves and Jake Irvin for the Nats. Atlanta is minus two sixty. Blue Jays at the Yankees. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. Garrett Cole. For the Yankees, New York, minus 135. Taking a look at the wild card standings in the American League. Right now, the Blue Jays are one game up on both the Rangers and the Mariners. So this is an important one that they can't afford to lose. Yeah, I'm surprised to see the, the Jays as such a dog as well. They've won five straight games also. So they've, playing, been, they've been handling their business in terms of this playoff push. Playing as well as anybody against a team with really nothing left to win. Uh, Garrett Cole's already locked up the side. Yeah. I agree, but Gar- and you know, I mean, that's the only reason you see this number is yeah. because Garrett Cole's pitching, and you assume that he's going to give the the Blue Jays a hard time. But man, it, it does feel like the Blue Jays may be a uh, maybe wrong team favorite here. Yeah, uh, and and who knows? You know, it could be like, how about this? Maybe like a, a prop bet on the double result: Yankees first five, Blue Jays full game. Maybe. That could I could see that happening. Uh, Orioles are at the Guardians. Uh, Guardians don't know what they're going to do with their pitching situation just yet, but Grayson Rodriguez scheduled to start for the Orioles. I mentioned they're two and a half up on the Rays for the AL East. Mets are at the Phillies. David Peterson going for the Mets. Ranger Suarez for Philadelphia. The Phillies are minus 170. Speaking of the Mets, the DraftKings dog of the day from yesterday came through with Kode Singa and the Mets. Uh, six innings pitched for Cody Singa. Only three strikeouts. Mm. Wouldn't have expected the, that kind of result if you told me Singa was only going to have three strikeouts, but they get the job done. Mets put up eight runs, and that was enough to get the dog to the window, baby. And the Tigers are at the A's. Tariq Skubal getting the start for the Tigers. Luis Medina for the A's. The Tigers minus 178. Our dog play on the first five yesterday against the Mariners looked great until, until the fifth. <laughs> the fifth inning. Uh, we were taking the one and a half runs in the first five with the A's because it was little juice with uh, Joey Estes making his major league debut. It was a 2-1 Mariners lead going into the fifth inning. And we just said, get us three outs here. Get us three outs, and we are locked into the win. But the fifth inning, not good for Joey Estes as he gave up a couple of homers. The Mariners scored four runs in the top of the fifth inning. You know, they should have pulled him. 
Should have pulled, pulled him after four. <laughs> so George Kirby agrees. <laughs> Should have pulled them. Hey, guys, make sure you head to pregame.com and take advantage of our incredible deal that we have going on right now for bulk dollars. $10 will get you $50 in bulk dollars at pregame.com. And bulk dollars you can use just like regular cash, and they never expire. And most daily best bet packages are priced at $25 or less. So $10 gets you essentially two best bet packages because your $10 turns into $50. So all you got to do is buy $10 of bulk dollars at pregame.com and you get 50. Goes right into your shopping cart. It never expires. Use it whenever you'd like. It's our biggest percentage bonus that we've ever offered at pregame.com. And the offer is good for just one per customer, and it's a limited time offer. So jump on it right now at pregame.com. Click on buy picks and then add the $10, get you $50 bulk dollars package. For AJ Hoffman and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. 